Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing direct small lending. I'm Andrew Craig, co-head of the Investment Insights Center, and I'm delighted to be joined by Tonko Gast, founder and CEO of Dynamic Credit and Portfolio Manager. Welcome, Tonko, and thanks for joining me. Well, thank you very much for having me. Thank you. Tonko, let's just set the stage a little bit. Um, Dynamic Credit is an innovative asset manager and a direct lending firm. The firm was founded in 2003. You have over 69,000 clients and you manage over 10 billion euros of assets. Your firm is headquartered in Amsterdam. And since 2022, BMP Paribas Asset Management has been a majority shareholder in Dynamic Credit. And Dynamic Credit has joined BMP Paribas Asset Management's private assets division as an independent entity. So that's where we're coming from. Can you, just to start, remind us, please, what is the household loan asset class? Sure. The household loan asset class is a low-duration, high-return asset class with projected gross returns in dollars around 9% after loss assumptions. And these loans are to households who typically use the money to pay off more expensive debt that they have incurred in earlier stages of their life and or for a home improvement, for example, and typically not for consumption. And that's very important to mention. These are slightly more term loans. These are not credit cards. They're actually using the money uh, quite often to pay off expensive credit card debt. And so in that sense, these loans have a, have a positive purpose as we see it. They have a three to five year maturity, typically the loans, but they amortize down to zero at the end of the term. So every month there is an annuity payment and this amortization creates the attractiveness of the asset class. It makes the duration profile very short relative to other private credit asset classes or even other public credit asset classes actually, because this is only about a little bit over one year duration. And that short duration profile makes the mark-to-market volatility very low. It's less than 1% per annum in terms of volatility. So even when yields go up as we've seen in fixed income uh, over the recent history by over 3%, the mark-to-market on this asset class is still negative, of course, because of rising rates, but it's only minus, say, 3.5% or so. Um, While on, for example, other corporate loan or senior loans or leveraged loan asset classes, the spread duration can be four or five years, so the mark-to-market on those types of credits can be minus 15% pretty easily, as some have seen over the recent history. So there's a lot more downside in longer duration loans, and um, this is one of the more important things to keep in mind about this asset class, and it makes it a bit unique, because it also generates a bit of liquidity as well, because you know, you're getting a lot of cash flow on an ongoing basis as opposed to with other credit asset classes where you just have to wait for five or seven years to get principal back. How is the household loan asset class correlated to other markets? It has some correlation to the short duration yield levels because the asset class has some duration. It's a bit over one year. So there's correlation there. But for the rest, there's almost zero correlation to equities or corporate bonds or corporate loans in the last 20 years of data. And the zero correlation is actually pretty logical as these loans are 
amortizing, yeah, generating about 4% cash flow per month. And even if losses are a little bit lower or a bit higher due to the economic cycle, these losses are typically lower than the coupon on the asset class. So take, for example, the, the global financial crisis. Annualized losses in the worst month went to a little bit over 6% on an annual basis on this asset class, which still is only about half of the coupon on the asset class. So the very large coupon buffer mutes the volatility and hence also the correlation. And that's what you've seen over actually many years. The performance of the asset class is fairly predictable. It's a fairly straight line. And in US dollars, no monthly negative returns over the last three years, even even if we've seen the pandemic and then and, and a war happening and, and the inflation uh, spiking and rates rising. So it's been, a lot of things have happened, but this asset class shows a pretty solid line. And yes, in benign periods, it will underperform high yield asset classes where the absolute yield might be higher, but in all the more volatile periods or the recessionary periods that we're now looking to go into, you'll see that this asset class is likely to outperform. Very good. So what's currently going on in the household loans asset class? What's happening in this asset class? I'll focus on the US macro context a bit because that's where the biggest part of the of this household loan strategy is. And as, as we're seeing, uh, labor markets continue to show tightness at 50-year lows of around 3.4%. And yesterday we saw more than 10 million job openings uh, for the April data, really surprising the markets. So it is a bit of a story of tight labor markets. And as inflation continues to edge down, these are positive signs for the household sector. But you know the Fed is expected to tighten a bit more and likely to stay higher for longer and to really reduce the economy a little bit. And in that context, actually, the, the higher income earners that we target in this diversified loan strategy is still a very good spot because they still are benefiting from tight labor market conditions. And at the same time, as we source these loans, due to the tightening that's all around with higher rates, we can get better loans at higher yields. And to give you an example, the average income of the loans that we had been buying up to say middle of last year was about $100,000 average income, while the median income is around $40,000. So we really are sourcing loans at the higher end of the income spectrum. But we've seen over the last, say, six to nine months, as the tightening continued, that we can increase our really tight credit standards a bit more. And it's now an average of $130,000 of income that these borrowers have that we currently find in the market and with yields 3% higher. This is also typical of the cycle that as credit tightens, you can find better quality loans. And even though we were already in the high income spectrum, it's getting even higher, which is a good thing for a strategy like this. Overall, higher returns at better quality is what we're looking at in this context. Okay. But in this environment, what are the risks that keep you awake at night? What, are, what, what do you see as the biggest risk for the asset class going forward? Yeah, so I think that rates would have to rise more or the Fed increases rates even higher than where the market expects them to be, to the extent that it could even create a hard landing with unemployment going over 5% instead of the consensus now staying under 5 
if unemployment goes to five or six percent, you would have higher credit losses. So yeah, the, the current credit loss expectation on the asset class is, is around 2% with higher unemployment going beyond where the market currently expects it. You would need to add another 1.5% or so of incremental credit losses to the strategy, which would be a negative. And you would also have a bit of negative mark-to-market on the strategy because of the higher rates. So if you sum that up in a hard landing scenario, it's what we would worry about. We would lose probably about 1% mark-to-market and we'd lose another 1.5%. So we'd lose an additional overall 2.5% as opposed to what we're currently projecting. So that would take our gross annual return down from about 9% to around 6.5%. So that would be a bad scenario. And in that scenario, of course, keep in mind in a hard landing scenario, other asset classes might get hit a bit harder because they have more mark-to-market. So in the corporate space, we would see mark-to-market losses four times higher and credit losses two times higher. That would easily eat through the current yield. So on an absolute basis, definitely a hard line would hurt the strategy, but you would not go into negative territory. And that's very important, I think, to keep in mind for people to consider this asset class, that the volatility of the asset class is relatively low. One, because of lower duration, lower spread duration, typically four or five times lower, but also the volatility in defaults over a long period of time is about half of typical high-yield loan, high-yield bond default volatility. So those two things really make it a fairly predictable asset class. But you ask what keeps us awake at night. If a hard landing scenario becomes the base case, we would use the 4% cash flow in the strategy on a monthly basis to steer to even higher credit quality to reduce the potential for some additional expected loss increase. Yeah. Well, I mean, the environment you described, the hard landing would clearly have major implications for a lot of risk assets that would probably go well beyond what you've described as the consequences for the household loan asset class. It's important to think about the scenarios. Yeah, when you think about looking mm. forward and what the way we try to think about this, and, and me also personally, I'm invested in this strategy myself because of the predictability, low volatility and low correlation. But if you really think through the scenarios of what could happen, uh, it's likely that you'll favor this asset class through that period. Look, if, if the sun starts to shine again tomorrow all around the world and you can pick up higher yields for longer without much downside, uh, I would definitely go for that. But I think we're not out of the woods yet as we talk now in 2023. No, no, we've got a long way to go, haven't we? Listen, Tonko, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you'd like more information on the household loan asset class, please reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact or check out Dynamic Credit's website or you can look on Viewpoint, our website for investment insights at viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com. If you like Talking Heads, please leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel, and you receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Andy Craig, and Tonko Gast, CEO and founder of Dynamic Credit. Please do join us again next week. Until then, take care. 
This presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management. Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.